episode 32 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican with Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio, Night Editor Ben Rowe, I am Sports Editor Joey LaFranca. That was really smooth. That was the best intro I think I might have mm-hmm. done in a while. It felt good coming out. Joe, how are you? Joey Bats, good. Ben, how are you? You are good at doing this. But, yeah, but it's. it's I, I, I think the first one we did, it like I, I listened back to it at one point. It's painful. It's like, oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I mean, not to that effect, but Ben, I was saying to Joe when we walked in here because we're doing this in the Press Republican conference room. It's still light out. It is, and it is six twenty-one. Yeah. So I mean, that's. I I feel like we've just been in the doldrums every time we come in here. Although I was reading, which that's just on the Facebook page. Um, they I've heard that there's support among the legislature the federal congress and that kind of thing to do away with daylight savings yes please all this talk has been around for decades i had a i I was like i like it actually (laughs) i not so much that i like it i'm just kind (laughs) of used to it i had a tweet over the weekend that said can we just so we were we were putting the clocks forward can we just push them forward 30 minutes and just never touch it again just split the difference i don't know if that's the way it can work but I feel like that's a good, you know, to compromise. When I was a kid in the early 70s, the first oil crisis, Mm -hmm. um, they did away with daylight savings time to get more daylight so people would have less, use their lights less. Well, the origins of it were all about, was all about farming and stuff, right? Just to make it so the farmers could have more light to work with when they needed to, at least. Yes. And now the Bitcoin farmers, they don't need any extra daylight. No, they can do it in the, they can do it in the complete, they can do it in the complete dark. But it is nice having uh, light later in the day. It is. But imagine light later in the day all the time. (laughs) Imagine being in Alaska uh, when it's either totally light or totally dark out all the time. 24 hours, yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Winter should be dark. No. <laughs> the winter of our discontent. It's true. I wanted to say, Ben, I, I saw this today and I posted it on the uh, PR Instagram. I really liked your photo of the geese coming back yeah, in with yeah, the sunset yeah. over, over the skies in Beekmantown. I thought yes. that was very nice. And it's very I, symbolic of spring. A Ben Rowe photo? Yes. Oh. You didn't see that today? No. Yes. I, I risked my neck for that photo. I was, um, you risked your neck? Yes. What I happened? Paul and I in my driveway and then I saw him flying across and I'm like, oh my God. And I reached and grabbed and then I like ran out and my driveway is sitting over like a little cliff. <laughs> and so okay. then I, I like stumbled my way over there and tried to get my phone before <laughs> the geese were past the sunset. And I'm like, oh God. I can I, I can see I can see Ben just really struggling, but you you got a good picture. I like yeah, that. that's good. That's what a good photographer does. They risk 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 like <laughs> yes risk. They're breaking their neck, and you go you go from there. But um, yes, is that this week has been nice? Is that the forecast is bright? Yeah, and we're 50s, recording 50s, 50s. and we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Who's who's uh, Irish uh, Irishman of the Irishman year of was the year. Uh, named this morning at the annual Chamber of Commerce Irishman St. Patrick's Day breakfast. Was it virtual? Which was held virtually I this thought so. year. Okay, yeah. A new, um, uh, new event mm-hmm. um, due to the pandemic, obviously. Bob Smith, uh, head of Nine Platt Hospitality Group, owner of um, right. the Inn at Smithfield, formerly Ground Round. Um, Ground round. In that area there, and I don't know if he has anything to do with uh, 99 or not. But um, long-time businessman. Yeah, ground round, very popular place. Tremendous. For, for decades. It's my heart that it's still gone. Um, yes, that's real unfortunate. Um, it was you know, Bob was getting ready to retire mm-hmm. anyways, and then the pandemic just kind of sp- sped things up, Yep. unfortunately. But uh, he was named in the virtual... 
uh, ceremony this morning, uh, which was which I have to say I could talk about for a minute. The chamber did a really good job. Mm. Um, it was it, all pre-recorded. Correct? Yes, mm. I. That's the way it looked. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm going to say yes, um, but um, they did it. Was very timely, and Matt Boyer was the master of ceremonies. Did an excellent job. Um, he was joined. It was funny. It was, uh, he he did a tour, a virtual tour of downtown. <laughs> and he stopped in four or five bars, and Kevin Kaleem was at every bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's good. I like that. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> okay, now your tweet makes more sense. I was trying to figure out what your tweet meant today, and now I now I get well, what it. What did he tweet? It was a photo of Kevin Colleen, and yes. he was, oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And uh, there was a lip sync contest. Uh, <laughs> Galen Trombley mm-hmm. versus um, Mr. Crosley, Aaron Crosley, I think is his name, um, which was uh, a little entertaining. And the the whole thing was done really well. I, I thought, you know, for, for the chamber to do something, obviously that's not their expertise, mm-hmm. um, but they put together a fun package for an event that is normally fun anyways. Yeah. I mean, everybody looks forward to going to that breakfast and seeing everybody and listening to the jokes and uh, seeing who wins. Were people mm-hmm. encouraged to eat breakfast while watching the event? <laughs> um, you had now. your choice. Um, <laughs> I... Um, I didn't. I had well, I had some coffee. <laughs> That's coffee. Um, That's breakfast to some people. Um, yeah, we'll have to f- we'll have to find out how many. Um, yes, how many people ate while watching the breakfast <laughs> and tuned in. But I'm sure you know you could watch it in your pajamas. Yeah, That's true. Uh, abs- absolutely. So yes. overall, and also for the journalists, yeah, waking up. I know every year is that it's yeah, well with everybody. I'm sure it's an early event. <laughs> it is. It so. normally starts at 7:30. Today it started at eight. That's crazy. So it wasn't bad. So, so yeah. it sounds like you really enjoyed it, though. You know, obviously yes. it's obviously it was different because it was virtual and, and everything of the uh, everything like that. But it still sounds like it was very enjoyable it given, was. given the circumstances. It was. Did I, they have one last year? They did not. Because because that's really pretty much right when the different protocols went yep. into place for COVID. It was just a couple days before and they had to cancel it. Yeah. So actually now in the listing there will be a 2019 no winner. Well, actually it's funny you say that. In 2019, the winner... Or 2020, sorry. The, the winner was Joanne and Ed Hockney. Mm-hmm. Uh, husband and wife who had been working for the chamber, volunteering for the chamber for years. So they shared it. So, as was pointed out in the broadcast, um, it's kind of fitting that they had two years to hold the title. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Since there was no winner, I like year. that. Nobody, nobody took the belt back last they year. Were so, they, <laughs> were so, they were so good that they had to have it for two years and, and not and, one. And, you know, they, there's two of them, mm-hmm. so two years. They yeah, share. They one one for each out. year. And, I like that. Um, so basically, that's why the pandemic's happened. We finally solved that issue. <laughs> they, 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 had, they had to give Irish well, a year for two years. <laughs> but they're, they're not the first husband and wife team to win it, though. Oh, interesting. interesting. So the Ionellis, John and Helen Ionelli won it, I think, in 87. So they technically... Didn't, they didn't call te- it a pandemic, though, not to. Right. <laughs> Technically, they're Irish people of the year, because it can't just be Irish men mm-hmm. of the year. Well, that's that's um, always been a point of discussion. Mm. I guess the... I Irish there are those who are technically say the name of the breakfast originally was called Irishman of the Year, mm-hmm. or the award was called, it's the St. Patrick's Day breakfast, yep. but the award was Irishman of the Year. Right. And they kept, they wanted to keep it that way, because it's not always a man. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he's Irish. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, too. There's been a lot. There have been several Italians that have won it. Uh-huh. There we go. we got to uh, represent somehow, Joe. Yep. Yeah. Yes. The, at a certain point, yeah, you're not um, You're not Irish. You're not a man, but you still get the Irishman award. But this this <laughs> breakfast has, has developed into a very big tradition mm-hmm. up here since it started in 1959. There was a time... Um, I think when Stafford won it in around 2000, mm-hmm. that this was, it was such a big deal that the press corps and all the LCA in Albany, they used to tune in. Oh. They wanted to know who won the Plattsburgh Irishman of the Year. Oh, it was a big deal. That's really cool. Downstate, too. Yeah. So it has grown in uh, popularity and, and Irish lore. <laughs> so it, it's a big deal. And uh, it's been going on since 1959. And I've covered 36 of them. Wow, it was one of the first assignments I had. You should get. You should win it one year. No. <laughs> yeah, stand up there. <laughs> I'm not Irish. <laughs> uh, and um, actually, I missed one year. I, I missed. I think it was '92. I missed uh, for some reason or another. But it, like I said, it was always fun. Mm-hmm. Fun to go to, and the chamber does a great job. And they did. They did a great job on the uh, pr- video production today. It was good. And yeah, and I mean, you know, when you think of, well, hospitality, but when you think of places where visitors to Plattsburgh can go, then yeah, Nine Platt comes up, um, you know, as the premier place for that kind of thing, so. Yeah, a lot of people would love to see Ground Round uh, open up again. We, we, Joe, Joe, you and I debated buying it ourselves, yes. if you remember that. <laughs> I don't know how well that would go, but it would be pretty fun, I'd say. Ben, I think you should definitely get in on that, too. It's I think true. we all should. If we all, if everybody collect, can you imagine what a great money maker for the press? We have our newspaper, and then like we have like a restaurant. That would Just, be awesome. Oh, that'd be amazing. See, now this was part of the shenanigans. Let's see. So we're looking oh. at we're looking at a photo on Joe's phone of um, Ed Sheeran. I mean Michael Cashman, and um, <laughs> and <laughs> and he is playing Ed Sheeran. Oh my God. Okay, so I have to be serious when I said this. I was trying to make a joke about what Michael Cashman looked like. I didn't actually realize he was trying to be Ed, Ed Sheeran. So <laughs> that's even more that's even more funny. Honestly, um, I never realized how Sheeran-esque uh, Michael Cashman is. Yeah, Mike, Michael Cashman as Ed Sheeran. Victor <laughs> pa- Rod Stewart. <laughs> that's pretty good, too. I, wow. I, I didn't get the... Um, so we're looking at one more now. We have Jody Parsons, Dolly, <laughs> Dolly Parton. Interesting. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't get a shot of uh, Billy Jones. One more photo we're looking at now. The captain and Tanali. Tanali. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I misspoke. I'm thinking Islanders here. Tanali, Tanistrom. Starring Gary Douglas and Courtney. That's cute. Courtney Delora, Delora from the Strand okay. Theater. Awesome. Um, but they had Billy Jones as Glenn Campbell. Uh, it was I can <laughs> see that too. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all good. good. They, they, they did not just throw those out randomly. Those actually worked. So they had a well. lot of fun with this. That's that's great to see. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I although, was, although, to our listener, Michael Cashman, there was no skydiving involved in this one. I always want more skydiving <laughs> gags. Did Michael Cashman skydive? He did, virtually. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that makes more sense. I wanted to share one thing about St. Patty's Day that was a little fun tradition for me growing up as a kid. Every year on St. Patrick's Day. So my dad's Italian. My mom's Irish, Irish-French um, on her side of the family. So I have an Italian-Irish mix, which is very interesting to say the least. That's a mean concoction. Um, but when I was little and even growing up, I mean, even when I got older, she would always go to um, – at one point she would go to the mall – and she would go to where, I don't know if the mall has it anymore. Remember when the mall used to have like that candy 
kiosk kind yes. of thing. Do they mm-hmm. still have that? Um, they have a candy shop now. Okay, so mm-hmm. but it, but it used to have, there used to actually be like kind of the kiosk yes, near the food. Court. She would go and get like those gold chocolate money things. Yes. And, oh, yeah. and that would be like my little St. Patty's Day those, present. The leprechaun have, gold. The leprechaun those gold. Those are awesome. Yes, and I those would have cute. those. And um, that that's always a little fun thing that I always... Anytime I have, anytime I think St. Patty's Day, that's what I think of. The little little gold money with chocolate. <laughs> it was very it was very good. Can't beat it. No, I can't, can't beat that at all. But Stick them in the freezer for a little while. Oh, yeah. You know what I had? Speaking of speak, sticking things in the freezer, um, I've never done this before, but so Girl Scout cookies are out right now. Or at least they are. They At least, at least that's when I'm, I'm eating them now um <laughs> but tagalongs in the freezer are delicious mm. Ooh. um those are really good and apparently now there's there's these new ones um there's like s'more girl scout cookies um that are those are can't go wrong sinful sinfully good um but so i had those but tagalongs in the freezer i, I know people do thin mints in the freezer or the fridge but tagalongs in the freezer that was it was a good experience i liked it well speaking <laughs> of things that go good in the freezer how about those COVID vaccines? They go real good. In the real, place. really good transition. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's interesting because um, the Johnson and Johnson doesn't require as much. Yes. So, so that so that's really good then. It's easier to transport, uh, yes. and that's why they're going to use it for rural areas. So yeah, yeah. Stick your COVID vaccine. Stick your tag along. Stick them all in the freezer. Even better. But yes, yeah. the um, COVID numbers they are down. Below 100. A lot of places. Going down. In Clinton County, I should say, at least. Good to see. Yep. Um, Essex County still killing it with their, like, double digits. And (laughs) I think they're, like, what, like 23 or 24? Somewhere in the... That's impressive. It is. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, there were two deaths in Franklin County today Mm -hmm. reported. Um, But, yeah, overall, it's going in the right direction. Mm. Which Which is. Which is. I was thinking it is sad, the fact that even as we're inching toward the finish, it's still, people are still passing away. You know, it seems like right now it's like, it's not the holidays. It's like, all right, you know, things are all right. But no, there's still people sick and dying. Uh, well, these these variants you keep hearing about, yeah, that that's a concern. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be boosters to these vaccines at some point with there different, may be. Var- with different variants. But one variant, I think it was in Minnesota or Wisconsin. They said it was like nine times more more spreadable. That than Wisconsin. And that's like right. Others? That's just right from that region, or that's where that's it was, where it is. That's where a variant was. Dis- oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of like Brazil variants and South Africa. Variants. I heard I've heard of yeah. the Brazil and South African, mm-hmm. and I think there was at one point there was a year was there a European UK. one or something? Yeah, UK. Thank you. Yeah, so there was so there was that as well. Um, but I mean, I, what to get back to what Ben was saying at one point, like we're kind of like a like we're getting or the light is at the end of the tunnel, but like more so now than ever, like people need to realize like we are so close that like keep doing what we've been doing for like the past year, like do mm-hmm. the right things. So we can get to that light at the end of the tunnel instead of take a step backward. Yes. And I fear, I, I fear that, I mean, that's obviously a possibility. It can go one of two ways. You know, we can go backwards or we can continue to go forwards and try and get out of this. And that's my one thought. And that's what I've been thinking all along. And I, I've said I have no problem saying this on the podcast. I mean, I have not personally been going to a lot of sporting events right now because I'm in between COVID shots. Mm. And I don't want to have a situation no. where... Um, I get quarantined right. in between. Yes. And with the guidelines that are at sporting events right now, I could be at a sporting event, not come within 100 feet of somebody. And if I'm in the same building, whether it be gym, ice arena, whatever, You're I, I'm, I'm, I'm quarantined um, mm-hmm. until I either test negative or 
whatever would whatever the course of action would be at that point. So, you know, I've been, you know, other than going to my house or coming into work, it's all I've been doing. Um, in between now and, and uh, March 26th is my date for the second shot, so I'm super excited about that. I'll be going up to Clinton Community College to get that. But um, and yes, and that, to, that's, that's just my message. Yes, that to to infect someone or to be infected when we're so close to, you know, quote unquote, the end will be a tragedy. So yeah, so stay safe and keep on doing what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. there's there's still some work to do. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been vaccinated twice, but I'm not. I have another week to go. Before it's fully fully set, fully set. Did you get Pfizer or Moderna? I got the Pfizer. So you have so the Pfizer one is a little less of a wait time than the Moderna. Twenty one days. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's you're powering up. I saw I saw yeah. the Moderna one. I, this is just what I saw, and I'm sure there's a lot of different reports, but I saw the Moderna one. It actually takes up to like fifty days after. So after the second shot, really? but maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I I nobody take my word for that. That's just something that I read. I thought I thought I might have misunderstood that. Maybe that's the combination of the days that you like when you get your first shot and afterward, that might be it. Well, sure. regardless, because that would actually make sense with your timeline that you're saying. That is one thing that I've read in a lot of places is that regardless of what the length is, you can't just immediately go out right after getting your second <laughs> shot. Uh, and, yeah, roll in the mud. Well, and, <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of controversy. I mean, you can roll in the mud if it's socially dead. If nobody yeah. else is around, I mean, roll that's in the true. mud all you want. <laughs> a lot of controversy lately about, you know, some of these states lifting their restrictions. Yeah. Which too soon. Yeah. And I think that is a concern. The Texas too. Rangers are going to have 43,000 people on opening day. At least that's what they're going to be able to have, which is ridiculous. It is. A and, and as Joey was saying the other night, you know, it, it's human nature. I forget what we were talking about. Maybe it was you and me, Ben Watson. It's the fact that whenever we get so close to the end, we relax. Yes. We're like, all right, yeah. you know, hey, it's just right there. I'm going, man. Yeah, you can't, you can't let your guard down. Um, but it's like, no, you got to push through. Yep. You and can't then, relax close to the finish line because some because somebody else will beat you out have you never <laughs> read this metaphor unless you're Usain Bolt yeah the tortoise and the hare the hare relaxes toward the finish yes. line and you don't have to the we can't we can't be strolling to the finish line and then start casually backpedaling and doing the moonwalk because somebody's going to pass us True. basically is and that, that and that, that you know that's better than my other metaphor that I used about the toilet one time. That, yes. I like that one. That's that's best. And you know one. who's got to pass us in the race? <laughs> who's that? A turtle named COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not. Don't what we want that. No, no, we want to. We want to. We want to beat out COVID nineteen. Um, but then, um, and it seems weird. I remember back in the early days of COVID nineteen, where I felt like, and it still should, but is that it felt like for a stretch there at the beginning, it felt like. <sighs> That I remember lots of people saying, why do we have to have other national crises when we're already having COVID-19? And it felt like everything just kind of paled in comparison to COVID-19. Right. And that, But now we also still have Governor Cuomo's um, scandal happening at the same well, time well, as COVID-19. Uh, the crisis we had back then, well, we didn't have toilet paper. Yes, uh, that's yeah. true. I saw funny pictures of people people posting like a year later, like a year ago, like was yes. when the toilet paper racks were empty. <laughs> but all I remember is that one my one of my most common things back then was if something else was happening, I was like, why does this have to happen at the same time as COVID nineteen? I have one thing to say well, before it we, pours. I have one thing to say about Cuomo before 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 we get to Cuomo. You speak of toilet paper. Why does one ply toilet paper even exist? <laughs> like, why? Why? I just, for, ha- I just have to say that for doctors' offices. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that's, that's that's just my little gripe. I mean, who would want to use that? It's just, just not something. I mean, that just I, you know, just bundle up. Um, 
<laughs> there we go. Well, I, I feel like that's about as much potty talk we'll get into. But uh, <laughs> well, I, I was actually going to ask if you guys are folders or like bundlers. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have, we have one ply here, don't we? I no, we sure. have we have high quality toilet paper here at the press. Conference. I think. We, I think. We, I mean, yeah. Well, the, last the quality, year, the quality's decent. Last year, this time, any kind would have been. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, any any multicolored bear would be proud to use. You know what would have been really funny if we we were using the facilities one day and we like went to reach for the toilet paper and then we realized somebody took all the toilet paper from the stuff. Hey. We would be in the situation that Elaine Bennis was in. Can you pa- can you oh, can yeah. you spare can you spare a few squares? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I feel like for I'm on a good roll for the past like four episodes. I made at least one Seinfeld reference. At least. Yeah. At least. Everything can relate to Seinfeld. And I don't get any of them. No, you don't. It's, cra- it's crazy. <laughs> and you like Larry David, too. So, that's like, that's, that's the crazy thing. But Yeah, but the series was on way before. No. That was a Seinfeld time. Yeah. Right? You, My yeah. mom just didn't like it, so we didn't watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched it, I watched it obviously, after the, after the fact and reruns and Seinfeld stuff. Seinfeld was 90s? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I, you know what else is 90s? Mario Cuomo. Yes. And what, wait, Mario Cuomo. Yes. Uh, yes, he ran. He was governor from '82 to '94. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but obviously, lots of stuff about Cuomo of late. I mean, I've been you know proofing Ben's pages each night, and uh, the hits lo- keep coming. The hits keep coming. The, yeah. the funny, the kind of funny headlines. And I guess in a sense, I mean, the, you want to you want to the hands. Yes. There, there's a headline in the press on uh, Monday, Tuesday's paper. Tuesday. It yes. says Cuomo bragged about his hand size and. Ben told me beforehand that I was going to appreciate the headline that was going to be in the paper, and I did, because, I mean, that is kind of... I didn't see the tabloids headlines on that. No, oh, it was, no, it, was, it, was, it, was it was Hansy Andy for one of them. <laughs> Hansy Andy, Hansy Andy like for one of them. I think it was the Post. Yeah. Them, or the, them or the Daily News, one or the other, but I did you like that. You knew they were going to have a field. Oh, a- absolutely. Oh, I've always, we've always said, I think every journalist said, if you could have a job writing headlines for the tabloids. Yes. <laughs> I mean, but not not to make light of the whole situation, because it's an it's a ongoing situation that's alarming, but I mean, Ben, I wanted to ask, I, I haven't asked you this, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, but did you know Jessica Bakeman? Um, um, yes, yes. Okay, so do you want to go into that yeah, a little bit? The, yeah, the, Joe um, sent me the link to her column in the, um, in yeah. the New York Magazine, and um, discussing Andrew Cuomo's, we'll say, rather hostile um, interactions at the State House and that kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. grabbing when, you know, when she approached, um, pulling her in for a photo and holding her in place and that kind of thing, and um, basically, essentially just like calling her out in various situations where it seems like Making, she was just... She was just kind of a prop to making him. Making her inappropriate like, comments. Yes. Making her feel small, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, is that, yeah, my she was actually my first editor at Cardinal Points, the uh, yep. college newspaper. Yep, she's and, a um, SUNY Plasberg graduate. Yes, and um, and beyond that, she's gone on to have an esteemed um, journalism career. She um, worked in the Albany um, political scene for a while. Then she transferred down south to various papers. She... Um, I looked it up. She um, broke the news, I believe, was heavily involved in breaking the news about Haley Barber, the former governor down there who pardoned dozens of criminals before leaving office in a rather scandalous move, and that was a put on the national scene and that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm a powerhouse journalist, and as I told Joe, is the fact that it obviously speaks nothing about... um, women in those situations, depending on if they're a strong personality, a soft personality, etc. 
But to think that someone that I know, like Jess Bakeman, who is, again, a, a take-no-nonsense kind of person and was, you know, very much, in my view, able to um, stand up for herself in any room she got into, for her to be put in a position like that um, is, you know, just speaks to the allegations and what's kind of surrounding him is that he's alleged to, again, be a, be a you know, a power player and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, no, he, it's, it's a very good read and, um, you know, to give a... Again, a North Country perspective, she was um, beyond working at the college. She um, helmed a local theater production over the Strand while she was here. And so, you know, for she somebody... She was an intern here. And she was an intern here at the Press Republican. So yeah. she was well-known in the community. Again, um, you know, just very ambitious and that kind of thing. So it was um, it was heartbreaking to hear, um, you know, her go through pain like that. So, yeah, no, I would recommend... Um, again, it's in the New Yorker, and probably if you Google Jessica Bakeman Cuomo, it'll come up. But mm-hmm. I mean, the allegations um, are seem to be mounting every day, mm-hmm. um, and the number of people, politicians, high-profile uh, members of his own party, Senators Schumer and Gillibrand, coming out and saying, "Time to resign." Mm-hmm. This is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we saw this in 2007, I think, with Elliot Spitzer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he resigned quickly. Mm. Um, it was clear then that if they did move to impeach, he didn't have the votes to survive. Mm. So, and I think from what I'm hearing, we're kind of close to that now. Mm-hmm. If the impeachment are, process are you, were to are go you forward, talking we're close to impeachment? Sorry to interrupt, but are you talking close to impeachment, or are you talking close to him being a situation where he wouldn't have enough votes? Just, yes, that situation. Okay, okay. where um, if if the process were to play out, he might not survive a well, vote. Well, the Nixon situation, exactly. <laughs> where where the Nixon party leaders told. went to him and said, "You're, you're not going. You got to go." So either you go through this and you lose, or you resign now and. But the thing about this is kind of troubling to me is uh, the state assembly has called for their own investigation. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying this could take months. Mm -hmm. Drag it out. That's not a good sign. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that's a sign that Cuomo, I would think, or anybody in that position, would be looking to buy some time Mm -hmm. to hopefully this blows over and Something else goes on big that he's part of that he can. Uh, it would kind of be a distraction. Yes. Um, yeah. The more time he has, obviously, the more time he'll have to either build a build a defense, build a defense, and or get to a point where he does something tremendous, then everybody forgets about this. But well, I feel like there's so many accusers now, and there's so many storylines that it's kind of hard for him to escape it. it it's. I would think so. Um, and and then if this does drag out, then the next option for uh, people to remove him, obviously, is the 2022 election. Mm-hmm. Um, will he be damaged enough where he couldn't possibly win? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people feel yes, and he shouldn't run again. And would the Democrats be worried to the point where they'd fear that they'd lose control of New York and it would become, you know, there would be a Republican governor no, or something like that? it too. would take... It would take a very big stretch yeah. to elect a Republican governor. Yeah. Um, the numbers, registration-wise, are just so Democrat. in favor of Democrats. Yeah. And it, this, and it's this probably all, doesn't hurt. The, this probably doesn't help the Democrats' brand, though. <laughs> well, you know, this, we're we're seeing this with the Republicans at the, at the federal level. Um, there's there's you know, division within the party. 
Yes. Um, and also are the progressives, the real progressives of the Democratic mm-hmm. Party, trying to wrestle control, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, they probably are. Yeah. Um, that sets up a whole fight within the party. What would happen, by the way, so if Cuomo, like, steps down, just, I mean, I think I know the answer, but, I mean, it's good to mention. What would happen, so say he steps down, like, who takes control? How does everything work from there? If he stepped, if he resigned, uh, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul would become the governor. Okay. Um, she's uh, from western New York, mm-hmm. Buffalo area, I believe. Um, scandal-free, as far as we know. Yeah, um, I mean, the skeletons, like you say, come out of the closet yeah. when And there are the people, people who have worked with her who, who speak highly of her. So um, it, she would be the first woman governor mm-hmm. in New York State. Wow. Um, a lot of people are saying, yes, let's let's do it. Let's It's mm-hmm. time for that. Yeah. Um, as I said, I, or, um, as the Press Republican editorial said, <laughs> New York would survive a Cuomo-less uh, New York. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, ab- absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, one of the things also that this speaks to is um, about a party tying themselves to a, a figurehead. <laughs> whether the Republicans and Donald Trump or the Democrats and Andrew Cuomo, especially in the past year, is that it seems like they've become almost like stand-ins for their parties sometimes. And then when that stand-in <coughs> falls into, you know, corruption or controversy, then that can be tough to, because um, it's like, this is your guy. <laughs> well, the whole thing is disheartening because these people at the federal, state level, um, they're supposed to, why are people in office. They're supposed to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Su- it's supposed to be a service position. Mm-hmm. Do what you help benefits your constituents. Do what your people want you to do. It is nothing like that. It is all about me, 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 mm-hmm. power, 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 uh, get, get, get. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's really sad. Our, our system of politics and government has been really corrupted. Well, I guess the one thing that I want to ask you, Joe, is that you've told me a couple stories um, beforehand over the years of and obviously you know um it's impossible not to compare him but is that that andrew's father um i believe you said paid a bit more attention to our corner of the state that kind of thing and that you had some interactions with him yes well yeah he was governor um for well 12 years Mm -hmm. um he did come up here a few times um which was always interesting um, he came here. He actually sat in that chair right there. Which I was Where I'm sitting? Yes. Oh, no. did an editorial board with It's a us. powerful chair. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's a great orator, obviously. Mm-hmm. Very sharp guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but make no mistake, he was a power player as well. And if you crossed him, um, there could be trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing like his son is. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, the big thing that sticks out for me with Mario Cuomo was in the early 90s when Plattsburgh Air Force Base was, they were considering closing it. Mm-hmm. It was between McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey, Rome Air Force Base in central New York, and us. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, from around here, was like, obviously, we don't want Jersey. Jersey, get rid of them. And it became between Plattsburgh and Rome. Two upstate New York sites. Yep. Only one would survive. Um, and everybody was hoping that Mario would jump on our bandwagon and support Plattsburgh. And obviously the people in Rome were hoping he would support mm-hmm. them. And he stayed on the sidelines. 
It said, it's like a father with two children. You can't pick one. <laughs> and, Smart move. And both of them lost, and McGuire got it. Oh, and a lot good. of people blamed him for that. You know, you should have picked one or the other. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Does McGuire still exist? I think it's, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. I don't know if the, the mission got scaled back, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but but that, whole, that whole thing was political, too. I guess it's just, it's, it's interesting, just that this dynasty effect of, you know, again, that he, from what I've read about Andrew, he just, he obviously can't help but live under the shadow of the monument that is his father and that kind of thing. So to think his career is heading in this direction is... <laughs> It's not good. Uh-huh. No. It's not good. No. Um, but I think the governor that came up here the most was George Pataki. Uh, well, he still has a... Yeah, uh, he bought a, a farm in Essex. Yep. <laughs> or, oh, well. Yeah, Essex uh-huh. County. And he was up here all the time. And he was very good friends with Stafford. Uh-huh. And they hung out at Stafford's place over here on Cumberland Avenue a lot. Wow. So Pataki was here a lot. Interesting. Doesn't Qu- I, I might be totally wrong on this. Doesn't Cuomo have a place on Fern Lake or something like that? Um, I don't know if he has a place there. He could, but he does visit the Adirondacks. Okay, lot. yeah. I thought that might have been what it, what it was. Something yeah. He might not have a place, but he might visit up there. Um, I know I know. we uh, we had to get in and get out today because we got a lot of busy stuff going on, but was there anything else we really wanted to talk about before we kind of wrap things up? Um, well, your food bracket's kicking off. I yes, think. oh, absolutely. Sports Food Madness. So um, I, I, th- I think... I think we might, you know, we might do, geez, Ben, right, you know, he has his phone go off, like, perfectly right when it gets to my part of the show, geez, um, but I, I think what we might do is we might just make this a Wednesday St. Patty's Day special and uh, re- release this episode today instead of Friday, oh, yeah. and, um, you know, because we can, it's, it's our podcast, we can do what we want, but um, I think it would be nice to say that the bracket will be starting uh, Thursday. Competition will be starting Thursday. Joe and Ben have both filled out their sports food madness brackets. Yes. And uh, Joe, who did you pick again? Jalapeno peppers. Inch- peppers. Poppers. <laughs> so, peppers. I mean, you, you, you picked the peppers. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben, what did you pick? I picked chicken wings. Okay, and I actually picked mozzarella sticks. Ooh. So I think, I think all three of ours have potential winners. But um, just to catch people up, if you have not, like... Nobody picked cotton candy? No, actually, you know what? When I was doing my bracket, I think Cotton Candy only made it to, like, the Sweet 16. Yeah, mine, I think mine lost in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> you picked Frozen Lemonade? <laughs> oh, no, um, no, no, no. Okay, so you made it past one round. But um, uh, Sports Food Madness, for people who don't know, um, it's a 64-team food bracket. It's just for fun. Um, it's similar to, you know, an NCAA men's or women's basketball tournament bracket. Um, there's different foods that will match up against one another. I will put matchups up each day between now and pretty much uh, early to mid-April uh, up to the championship. And you can vote on my Twitter, at Joey LaFranca, as well as the PR Instagram and Facebook stories. Um, and every, you guys, dis- you, everybody decides who, who wins. So uh, we all will be voting, and uh, it's just, just something for fun. And you're, if you have multiple Twitter accounts or if you have multiple Instagram or Facebooks, you're encouraged to stuff the ballot box. It, you know, this is a very corrupt tournament. I've acknowledged that. I've accepted it. It's just I, I put that with the brand. Vote early and often. Vote early and often, as much as you want. Support what you want. But, I mean, it's just for fun. I hope people enjoy it. That's going to be kicking off to uh, tomorrow. We can say that tomorrow because we're going to be releasing this tonight. And um, also, normal men's, uh, men's and women's March Madness yes. is, is starting off, which I think is awesome. And now, so far... With the site being in, in all in Indiana. Yes. It doesn't excite me much. And I'm thinking like, eh. Because I like the regional aspect. Like of all it. over the yeah. place. Sure. But I'm wondering if that might 
change in my mind once I see it because then it'll yeah. be like a one-site tournament, which is could be cool. Yeah, and it has like that bubble feel, which I think was yeah. kind of cool for the NBA in a sense. And there's going to be more than one court, obviously, um, because they can't yes. have they can't have all those games on one. So I think what they might I, I would be interested to see if they do because you know how each court might have a different color, you know, around the the baseline yeah. and sidelines. I'll be interested to see if they continue to do that. I'll see. I will be interested to see how much they do that is like normal and how much is different this year. Um, but quite honestly, I'm just excited to have it back. Last year, not having March Madness was, yeah. I mean, ter- that's why Sports Food Madness became a thing. We had to fill the void somehow. And the same with the women. Yes, uh, and the women are in um, San Antonio. Exactly right. Yep, so they're, so they're in Texas. And um, uh, for people who... Gina Moriyama has to miss the first two games. I know, which is crazy. And, you know, it's... The, the, the protocols that are in place are very strict. Yeah. And this year, unlike any year before... There are actually teams, Louisville on the men's side is one of these teams, that is literally, they did not make the tournament. But if a team before the first round or after the first round or something, it has to be early on in the tournament. Um, if a team has COVID, Louisville would then be a, like a replacement team ah. to slot into wherever. So it could actually be very weird. That's if, interesting. Like, imagine like a 16 seed has a problem, and then all of a sudden Louisville becomes the 16 seed. Can you imagine if... Uh, can you imagine if the one seed, you know, whoever whoever is the one seed in whatever region ends up playing uh, Louisville in the first round? They're not going to be happy about that. But there are some different things to this year's tournament that have never really been seen before. So, you know, and for it, it's weird because for Louisville, that's a tough spot. You obviously want to be in the tournament, but you're not. It's kind of hard to root for somebody to have a COVID issue. Um, yeah. But well. It's supposed to be entertaining, so we'll see. Oh, absolutely! That's what March Madness is all about. I can guarantee you that I will uh, be having this on, having basketball games on constantly when I when I'm in here. I'm wearing my Syracuse hoodie today. Syracuse is playing uh, San Diego State in the first round, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see where they go from there. But and I'm thankful that Joey has given me a March Madness to pay attention to. Yes, yeah, sports food madness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just excited to get that going. But that'll be starting off tomorrow, so check out my Twitter and the PR Insta and Facebook stories. And otherwise, uh, you can. Oh, and by the way, well, hold on, I got I got to plug us here. So you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and PressRepublican.com. And now, Joe, sign us off. And once again, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone listening. Uh, Thanks again, and we wish you all a little weekside help.